Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from Converge Church, now in progress. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. We're glad that you're here. Look at someone and say, your hair looks nice. Look down and see and say, I like your new shoes. Anybody, anybody got a pair of new shoes on? Nobody? No. Oh. Oh, I knew there was somebody that had some new shoes on. And you see, there's one person here that does actually have some new shoes today. Well, thank you so much for coming. We're excited that you're here. And before we get started, you know, let me just share. You know, we're starting a new series. And it's called what? Fall into Favor. Amen. Amen. How many know that it's good to have the favor of God in your life? Oh, man. How many know that when you accept Jesus Christ, you become his child, and now you are his favorite? In our family, you know, we, <laughs> I've got three kids, and I don't know, maybe it's a bad thing or maybe it's not, but my oldest child always says, Dad, you know I'm your best child. That's what she tells me. She says, you know I'm the best. I said, baby, you, yeah, you. You good child, and then and then, then she said, "But I'm not your favorite, am I?" She said, "I know who your favorite, the second one. That's your favorite, Dad." I said, "Well, you know, she all right." And then, Dad, you got one son, so you only got one and only good son. So I said, "Hey, all three of those are the same level. You're the best child. She's a favorite, and she's my best and only son." So I tried to put them all on the same level, but for some reason, somehow, they always. Pick on me and say, well, we know the middle one is your favorite child. How many know that you're God's favorite child? Yes, you are. You're God's favorite child. You are the favorite one. And so rest assured that as we begin this new series, that you will have the opportunity to see what it's all about, falling into God's favor. And so today, we're going to begin that series. Amen? All right, so if you have your Bibles or whatever, I don't know if we have the screen today or not. I don't think we do. But we're going to begin by reading from 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter and the 14th verse. 2 Chronicles and the 7th chapter and the 14th. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. We're all familiar with it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God. God, we worship you. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we get the opportunity today to bless you and for us to be blessed by your word. God, we're living in perilous times. God, there's just division everywhere in our world right now. God, people are divided. God, our governments are, are divided. God, families are, are divided. And it's all because of the work of the enemy. The enemy's goal is to divide us. But we thank you, God, that we can unite in Christ Jesus. God, we refuse to be divided by this world. We refuse to be divided because of the, the virus. God, we refuse to be divided. God, it is our intent. It is our goal. It is our purpose today to unite in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you today that we can unite at the cross. Thank you, Almighty God. Bless this time. Bless this message. I pray today, God, that we will be encouraged and that we will understand, God, a priority that is extremely necessary in our world today. God, bless us to receive. Bless us to become actors on the Word of God. Bless us, God, to receive what you have for us as we obey the Word of God. 
Father, we thank you today. We praise you today. Bless your name. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much again. I'm glad that uh, you decided to come and be a part of Converge Church. Uh, most of you know me. I'm Jesse Daniel. I'm part of the Converge Nation, part of the Converge family, uh, and I'm excited to be here. Amen. Okay, all right. You all look nice, and uh, let me see who looks the best. Oh, here she is. She looks the best right here. This is my wonderful life, wife. She's the best-looking woman in here today. I'm telling you, praise God. Best thing. I'm, she's absolutely gorgeous. And she's the best looking. She's my favorite. She's my best. She's my one and only. Praise the Lord. All right, so we thank God for our wife being here with us today. We're excited. Well, today we're going to talk about something that I believe is very important. That's near and dear to my heart. And that is praying. How many know we ought to pray first before we do anything else? Look at somebody and say, pray first. Before you go to work, you ought to pray first. All right, all right. Before you eat your food that day, you ought to do what? You ought to pray first. When you find yourself on the road traveling here in Dallas, you ought to do what? Pray what? Pray first. When you're having any event in life, you ought to always give God an opportunity to be a part of that event. All right. Now, let's look at the Bible. Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter and the 14th verse. Most of us are familiar with it if we haven't read it ourselves, we've heard someone else quote it. But we're going to read it, and we're going to believe God, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to see how valuable and how important it can be in our lives. The Bible says in Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter, and the 14th verse, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Part of that verse from the Amplified says that if you would crave and require as a necessity. Amen. Isn't that good? Require as a necessity. God needs to be number one in your life. Our whole goal and our whole purpose today is to remind you that prayer needs to be a priority in your life. Before anything else, you need to talk to God. I don't know where you are, who you are, but I know that this one thing is very important, that is you need to talk to God first. Now, he says, if my people, are the end of God's people in here in the building today? Amen. So, if my, so, if, so he's talking to us. He said, my people, if my people, my people, do you have any people? Do you like when your people talk to you? You do, don't you? He said, if my people. The Bible says we belong to the Bible says we are not our own, but we have been bought with a price. We belong to God. When you own something, do you not try to protect it or watch over it and keep an eye on it? Well, we're God's people, and God keeps an eye on us. He protects us. He watches over us. And he says, I want you to talk to me. I want you to speak to me. He said, if my people called by my name will humble themselves. What is that? Humility. Humility. Let me tell you something. When you begin to focus on God, when you turn towards God, what are you doing? You are humbling yourself. You're saying, God, I can't do it by myself. God, I can't raise these kids by myself. God, I can't go to work by myself. God, I can't be the husband I need to by myself. I need help. Many of us know that there are two things that we basically all we kind of struggle with. And it's the same thing that the enemy struggled with, the devil, back in the Bible. Uh, there's two things. Pride and selfishness. Say pride and selfishness. 
It's something that we all struggle with. It's easy to be prideful in the wrong way. It's easy to be selfish. All you have to do is what? Wake up. Wake up in the morning, I'm telling you, it's always there. I mean, it's, it's always, you got to look at it like this. We, there is an enemy, and his name is Satan, the adversary. There are a couple of places that we're challenged. We're challenged with our own self-will, and we're challenged with this flesh. Amen. We're challenged with our own self-will, and we're challenged with this flesh. That's why when we turn to God, we're humbling ourselves and say, God, you know, I need help today. I've got a self-will, and I've got this flesh that I've got to deal with all day long. When you wake up, it's there waiting for you. When you're in the middle of the day, it's there waiting. you got to just think about it. how many times a day are we tempted to do something that we should not do. All throughout the day. We all, if, you, if we're to be honest with ourselves, we're tempted throughout the day. But God, the Bible says, you know, that we can what? We can find a way out of temptation through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we get out of it, all right? And so that's why prayer is so important in your life. You got to start your day out. People do a lot of things when they get up and start their day out. Some get up and they stretch. You know, the athletes before a game, they stretch and they, they prepare. They go over the game plan. They do all those things in preparation. But when we get up in the morning, the first thing that we need to do is we need to humble ourselves and seek the face of God. If, my, if you're God's people, when you wake up, you ought to begin to look for God. When you get up, you ought to say, God, I need help today. I need strength today. I need those things. Today. So what I want you to understand and really get today is how valuable and how important it is to start your day out talking to God. How many know it get busy? It can get really, really busy in the day. Some of us, you know, we've, we've, we got routines. We get up and we make sure that God is a part of our daily routine. Some of us, our daily routine is that we, we, we try to pray to God while we drive in the car. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. It's good to pray while you're driving if you can stay focused and stay driving. But sometimes when I'm praying, you know, I'll, I'll move off into another dimension. Amen. I have been times when I've gotten along with God, and I've been there to talk to him and, and, and pray with him and praise him. And the next thing you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour has passed by because I slipped into another dimension with God. And so I think that's a good thing. Sometimes we say we don't want to pray because it's hard, it's tiring, it's work. Uh, I get bored. My mind wanders. Let me tell you something. The more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm, and there's something else. Uh, you need to designate at least I mean, sometime during your day. you got to have a time. Say, so God, at 6 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, I'm meeting with you. I mean, you got to do it. I mean, people don't, I mean, you've got to have, well, I can just pray all day long. I do, but you need to have a time where you say to God at this time, every day I'm going to sit down. Every day I'm going to close my eyes. Every day I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to spend it with you. Let me tell you what will happen. I guarantee you this. I mean, I'm going to guarantee it. I guarantee or your money back. You know how they say guarantee. If you begin to meet God, on a regular basis, generally around that same time every day, and you shut out everything. Not, not when you're driving your car, uh, you know, but you have that moment where you go into a solitary place. You get with God, and you sit down, and you get quiet. Don't put the music on. Some of us like to pray, you know, we have, don't put the music on. I'm, I'm helping somebody right now. Don't, don't put, sit down, get along, get quiet, and then just talk to God. God, I thank you today. God, do you have anything for me today? God, you know, you know, I've, I've got these kids. God, do I, what you got for me today? God, I've got a spouse. God, I've got a job. God, I've got activities. I've got a ministry. I've got a business. I'm telling you, if you give God an opportunity every day, 
your prayer muscle and your God muscle on the inside will get stronger. You will get stronger. Just trust me on it. Just do it. Just, I just, and I guarantee if you're not, just do it. Maybe you've, you did it for a couple of days and you fell off for a couple of days. You did it. I'm saying get back. If you fall off, get back up and get back on it and begin to do it. If my people, all your God's people, God, I'm your people. God, I am your people this morning. I am humbling myself today, and I'm going to seek, my, seek your face. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face, and I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. How many know, it's, as I told you, when you wake up in the morning, pride and selfishness are at the door waiting to open. If you give them a crack, you ever, have a, uh, you ever see a bug in your house? No, some of y'all know. You ever see a bug or a spider or something, and you're wondering, something, how did he get in here? All he needs is a crack. All he needs is a little small space to slither in. And that's how it is in our life. You know, uh, we live in the, the Bible says that we live in a world that whereby the adversary is the God of this world. How many of you know that? I'm, I'm tell, I mean, look around you. Open your eyes and see it. It's everywhere. We can see that there's, there's influence in you that's not of God. But here's the deal. Because of that is how the enemy gets in. He has a crack in the wall. He has a crack in the door. He has a, a, an opportunity, a, a hole in the roof. He's going to get in there. That's why early in the morning when you wake up, you got to seek God. That's why when you wake up and you open your eyes, you say, God, come on, I need to talk to you. Can we talk a little bit? Can we have a moment? Can we have a And God, you know what he's saying? I've been here. I've been waiting for you all night. Or when I've been waiting for you to wake up this morning and been spend some time with me. Have you ever been excited about going somewhere and getting something? Like on Christmas Day, you wake up. I know when I was a kid, I, want, I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning for Christmas and get the presents and the gifts. God can't wait hardly for you to wake up and say, ah, there's Jesse. Ah, good morning, there's Damon. Oh, there's Pastor Ray. They're going to talk to me this morning. God is excited. Have you ever had somebody you can't wait to talk to? A girlfriend. A friend, you know, I mean, uh, maybe you have a, a favorite class at school and you can't wait to get there. They hear the lesson. But that's how God is anticipating. He's excited. The Bible says God delights when you talk to him. Oh, and then don't. And then what's even better is when you say something, God, you know, you're a good God. Can you imagine? How, have you ever imagined how it is when you when your kids come to you all oh, day? You're a good dad. Oh, mom, you're so sweet. You know, you know that they're not trying to, you know, there's no ulterior motive there. They're just saying, Mom, you're a good mom. You know, Mom, you're a good, you know, Mom, you're just good. Mom, you cook so good. Ooh, my wife do cook good. Uh, when, when she cook, you know, amen, praise the Lord. All right. But she's a great cook. But, you know, but people we love. And you, and you imagine if God delights in your prayers when you get up in the morning, you've humbled yourself. You're saying, God, you know, I'm going to make sure that I speak to you today. You humble yourself because you can get busy in a moment. I got to get my makeup on. You know, you know and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't let those other things distract you from making God the priority in your life. He has to be the priority. And the more you make God a priority, the stronger you'll get, the bigger you'll get, the bolder you'll get, the better you'll get. You'll have the favor of God on your life all day long. Hear what I'm saying. I'm, I don't know. Just, just hear what I'm saying. Let me just give you an example, some real-life examples for me. One day, you know, we had an old 1990 Dodge Caravan. I may have told you the story before, but it bears repeating. We had an old Dodge Caravan, you know, and it had a few miles on it. The transmission was starting to slip. 
It would go out just a little bit, and it would come back in. You know, you're slipping in. You get back in. You're driving good. All right. So you say, okay, it'll be okay. So you put it off, taking it to the mechanic. And you put it off, and you say, well, I'll get it fixed later. I'll get it fixed later. And so then one day you say, well, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to do what's necessary. I'm going to make an appointment with the mechanic, and I'm going to get my car fixed. And so that's what I had done. I said, okay, I'm going to get this car fixed. I'm going to do the right thing. So I got in the car early that morning, and I cranked it up, and the, the, the shop was not that far from my home. And so I was driving, it was just right around the street, maybe a couple of miles, three miles at the most. And so I got in the car and I was driving, driving slow early. It was dark in the morning. I said, all I got to do is just get to the place. And I, most of the time, it'll get me there. You know, even if it slips a little bit, you know, I'll just wait a minute and shift it a little bit. And it'll, I will get over there. I can't even remember if I had planned for my wife to come and get me. She may have come and got me. I just can't remember all the details. But I remember going and all of a sudden it began to slip. I said, okay, No worries. No worries. It'll come back. It didn't come back. It was early in the morning. I don't know what. I mean, I guess maybe six, just before they had opened. So I said, oh, Lord, I was doing what I needed to do. I was being a wise man. I knew one day it would stop on me, but I decided I would go and get it fixed. And so I was going, I was going to the dentist. I couldn't get it. I said, oh, God. So there I was, sitting out in the middle of the road. There was a parking lot, so I was able to push it to the side, push it to the side. I said, man. I said, Lord, God Almighty. God helps you, you know, I'm telling you, in the smallest of things. So I said, you know, here, I, it was a 1990 Dodge Caravan. You know, it, it, was, it, it wouldn't go. So I said, okay, Lord, I thank you for keeping me safe and blessing me. But God, right now, I need a man with a truck and a chain. I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I mean, people say it's consequence. I don't believe that stuff. I believe if you call on the name of Jesus, if you humble yourself, seek his face and pray and turn from your wicked ways and God will help you. I said, God, I need, I need a man with a truck and a chain. Bump, bump, bump. A guy rides by me, sees me sitting on the side of the road, standing out next to my car. He said, hey, buddy, do you need some help? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and he's probably like, what's wrong with this guy? He's laughing and smiling. I'm like, man, I said, I need a, a truck and a chain. He said, I got a chain in the back of my truck. A towing chain. Because I'm telling you, prayer works. But you got to be looking for God. When you go to God's start, you got to be looking. I mean, you can't just start praying when you need him at the moment. Pray before you need God. Get up in the morning and say, God, I need you today. I don't know how I need you. I don't know where I'm going to need you, but I'm going to need you today, God. And then I guarantee you that two or three hours later when it comes time, you just call on God. He said, I've been waiting on it. I knew that was coming all day. Because God, he knows what you have need of before you even ask or pray. He knew I was going to need a truck. So I asked the guy, I said, hey, I need He said, man, no problem. I mean, it's amazing. So he gets his chain out. I mean, the, the shop is no more than about a half a mile. We're real close to the shop. So he gets his chain out. He hooks me up. He said, okay, you ready? I said, we're ready. So he pulls me to the shop, and we get to the shop. I said, man, I'm, I'm, this, this, is what, this is what just gives me chills. He said, I said, man, thank you so much. I certainly appreciate it. I said, I was praying that, that, uh, that God would send someone by. He said, can I tell you something? Now, this, is, this is true. I mean, he said, man, you know what? I never come this way to work. Did you hear what I'm saying? He said, I never come this way to work. But something, <laughs> but something told me, go this way to work this morning. You know, it was my God knowing that his child was going to need some help. And I'm telling you, God can direct a help for you. Now, this is the truth. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, so... Make prayer a priority. 
in your life. Humble yourself when you get up in the morning. Call on the name of the Lord. Jesus did it. The Bible says in Mark 1 and 35, now rising up early in the morning, Jesus went out to pray. I'm not telling you you have to get up early out in the morning. I'm saying whenever you begin your day, please, by all means, make sure you make God a priority in your day. There's a lot of stuff you can do. You can eat breakfast, drink your coffee, but I'm telling you, one thing that you need to do is you need to make God a priority in your day every day. First, the Bible says in Matthew that seek ye, you say, I need this, I need that. Seek ye first. Seek ye first. God's giving you the priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his right, and all this other stuff will be added unto you. Let me give you another story. I mean, I, God's, God's amazing. I said, God, you know, it was, I was at work, and, uh, man, I had been trying to catch this lady all uh, for, the, for a couple of days. Can't catch her on the phone. She's not returning my emails. You know, it wasn't a negative thing. It was just I just had a difficult time to hook up with this person, playing phone tag, email tag, uh, any kind of tag you can think of. We would, it, it, was, it was there. We, it wasn't working. So I said, God, I need to get this done today. So I get up in my office. I wasn't going to see the lady. She worked in the building. I wasn't going to work to see the lady. I got up in there. I said, I got to find this woman. I get up out of my desk. I walk outside to the lobby. I walk in the elevator lobby, and bing, the doors of the elevator open. Who is it? The lady I've been looking for for two or three days. I said, ma'am, I've been looking. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't able to turn your email. I meant to turn your call back. We had our discussion. I gave her the information. She provided me the information. Task complete. People say, oh, that's just consequence. I'm like, mm-mm. God knew his child needed to get his work done. The Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it hardly as unto the Lord. I'm doing my work. I'm trying to get my gun. When you do what God asks you to do, God's going to help you. When you turn from your wicked ways, seek the Lord. I'm telling you, God will heal your land, and he will bless you. And so you've got to look at this in that direction. Every day when I wake up, I'm going to make sure that God's number one in my life. Sometimes you don't have two or three hours. When your feet touch the ground, there was a football player. I can't remember his name, but what they said, whenever he got out of his bed, he switched and he, and he would... Uh, get out and his feet touch the ground, the first thing we'll do is say, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad this morning that I get an opportunity to talk and to pray. You can do it. You say, well, I don't do that. You can get that habit. That's a beginning. I don't know. Maybe you do that already. I don't know. You know, but when your feet hit that floor, the first thing you ought to think about is Jesus. The first thing you ought to think about is God because you are what? You are his child. God needs to, Jesus said, the Bible said to Mark 135, now rising up early in the morning, he went out to a place and he prayed. So whenever you get up, it doesn't necessarily be, maybe you got one of those jobs, you don't have to be at work until 10. Well, when you get up, make sure you make God first in your life. Jesus didn't just make God first in his life when he first got up. He made Jesus first all day long. The Bible says after he finished ministering to the 5,000 that he sent the disciples across the, uh, the water. And then, he, then the Bible says he went out to the mountain to do what? Pray. He's, he was, he's, he's in his daily work. He's in ministry. So he's probably prayed in that morning and now he's been out feeding the 5,000. Let me go take a moment and spend some time with God. So how many get a break at work somewhere? 
How many of you take a break? How many take a break at work when you're not supposed to take a break? Well, nobody in here does that. Uh, I'm sure. But anyway, there's opportunity. When you, when you get an opportunity, go spend some time with God. Not every time, not every prayer session will be alone, but some will be alone. You can pray with others. You can pray, you know, uh, however you need to pray, at your desk maybe. One of the things I'm, I guess I'm just so excited because, you know, there's COVID-19 in my job. It's not as busy as it used to be. So I said, oh, God, you know, what can I do here now? I have got still have plenty of work to do. I said, but the cleaning lady comes in every day like clockwork at 8 o'clock. Good morning. She's, she's Hispanic. Buenos dias. I know we all buenos dias. Come on, let's die. Oh, you speak Spanish, you know. You know, we all, you know, kind of, you know. It's a, it, but every day like clockwork, it's her job is to come in and clean our office. And so she comes in and she's moving stuff around and she's wiping stuff and she's dusting. And now because of COVID-19, oh, she's got a little spray thing out. She's spraying everything. I mean, good. I mean, they're doing good work. You know, she's spraying the door handle. She's spraying the desk. I mean, she's spraying this. Sometimes I'll be in her way. And she said, oh, excuse me. I said, I'm like, man, this ain't working. So I said, I'm gonna, whenever she comes in, I'm going to go and take a break. So we have a building. It's on the 33rd floor. It's empty. So I said, you know what I'll do? I'll just grab my little devotion up here every day at 8 o'clock and run upstairs and get me a quick 15 minutes in because I'm waiting for her to finish. So I start doing that every day. So the first day, I'm like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. It's quiet. It's glass, so it's like I'm in the sky. And you know, the sky, you know, there's no, there's nothing that's, that's obstructing my view. And so it feels pretty good. And I kind of get up next to the room, and I look up, and I just admire the awesomeness of God. I see that he does exist. I see the sun coming up. I see the blue skies. I mean, I, I, it, it's, a, it's just a great feeling. So the first day I did it, it was pretty cool. The next day I did it, it was pretty cool. The third day I did it, it was pretty cool. And the fourth day before I got there, God was already waiting on me. It's like I walked up there on the 33rd floor and I could sense God, I've been waiting on you, Jesse. You've been coming here for every day for the last three days. So I knew you were coming. So he's waiting on me. I'm telling you, that's how you don't have to try to uh, uh, gin it up in prayer or stir yourself up to pray or, or, or figure out if God's there with you or not or to get your, shake yourself up. When you walk in the place and you've been meeting God there, God's expecting there's something on the inside of you that's expecting God. And when God's expecting you, there's an immediate joining there and there's a meeting powerful prayer. You begin to talk to God, God begins to talk to you. God tells you things. And then one of, the things, one of the things that I learned in that time is God said, there's two things you need to do, Jesse, that you're not doing so well. I said, come on, God, I'm pretty good. I'm, you know, you know, I'm, no, he said, no, 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 no. He says, you need to make sure that you continue. There's two things. He said, you must train every day. You must discipline yourself to train every day. What you're doing, Jesse, is you're training. You're training every day because the way it is in security is that you have to do the job and train at the same time. That's how it is with us with believers. I mean, we, every day we're in the fight. Every day we're in the war. So you have to train and fight simultaneously sometimes. You know, you don't have time like in the military. Okay, there's a train. There's not a war going on. We'll, we'll train, 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 train. Then when the war comes, we'll go over here and fight. But not so with us. We're always in the fight. There's an enemy out there, and he's doing everything that he can to divide you from your love with God. The Bible said we're to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our mind. He said this is the first commandment. God's always given priorities. He gives us priorities by giving us examples in Jesus. The Bible says, this, let me just share with you what's, what David said. David said this in, man, in Psalm 55 and 17. 
David, of course, we believe lived a life of prayer. He said, evening and morning and noon, I will do what? Pray. Evening, morning, noon, I will pray. I will cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Now, most of us are familiar with that, with that character in the Bible or with that person, King David. Another one that we're familiar with is who? Daniel. I'm giving you real live examples. You know, here's Daniel. Uh, there was once when Daniel prayed, uh, he was praying, and the Bible, and the angel came, and, uh, and the angel said, what he, and the angel said, he said, Daniel, when you started praying, I left the house on my way to help you. Let me say, God will move because you pray. God will move because you pray. God can't get anything done unless you open up the doorway to pray. That's how he gets things done, by you praying. You pray, you open the door for God in the world. You open for him to work right. right you know, and you have to feed God's spirit on the inside of you. Do you know who's inside of you? Jesus. The life of Jesus is in you. Everywhere you go, you need to be doing those things that Jesus do. Teaching when the opportunity gives itself to teach. Preaching when the opportunity gives you the chance to proclaim the word of God. Praying for someone to be healed in some way, some form, some fashion when God gives you. And how do you do that? By the life of Christ, the life of Jesus living on the inside of you. When you pray, you feed that life. When you don't pray, you starve that life. The more you feed something, the bigger and stronger it gets. When you starve something, it gets weak. Am I, are you hearing me? Pray and believe that the life of Christ will be strong within you. That's how you do it. David did it like this when he had his relationship with God. Evening, morning, and noon I will pray and I will cry aloud to the Lord. The, Bibles, the, the disciples knew how important prayer was. We know we've all heard of the Lord's Prayer. Luke the 11, chapter the first, first verse. Uh, where the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. If you're not sure how to pray and what to say and what to do and when to do, ask God to teach you. He will teach you how to pray. And the best way to learn is just start sitting down and talking with him. Every day, make it a point. Make it a, a, a time. Uh, make a, a sincere effort to, to make sure that God is a priority in your life when it comes to prayer. The Bible says this, and here's what I, I want to emphasize as well, is you, you need to get, get by yourself. You don't have to be by yourself every time you pray. But if you want to really grow, if you really want to really be and do what God has for you to do, if you really want to be able to fight the devil and stand strong in the midst of trouble and difficulty, because the Bible says in this world you will have what? In this world you will have what? Trials. And you will be, you will be tested. Your faith, your confidence in God will be tested. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so you want to be ready for it. Don't wait until something happens. Go ahead and prepare yourself and get ready for the word of God. Amen? So here's what you do. You do what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. He said this. He said, look, but when you pray, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. Oh, yeah. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean you have to physically go into your little closet, close your little door, lock it, you know, so nobody can hear you. That just, what it really means is that there are times we need to shut everything else out. Shut the noise out. 
Shut stuff out. Shut entertainment out. Shut it out. Shut everything out and say, God, speak to me. God can help you and talk to you, and you can receive from God, and God can take you where you need to go. You got to do it. You got to do it. People say, well, I don't know if I have never felt God. I don't know if God's talking to me. I guarantee you, every day, set a time, set a place, spend some time with God on a consistent basis, and you will be absolutely amazed. Now, the devil's going to tell you the first day you do it and you're, or you're, you're focusing, God ain't talking to me. That's all right. We had a song today that said he was a way maker, right? You may not see him, but he's what? He's still working. You may not feel him, but he's what? He's still working. God's a way maker. And I'm telling you, priority, priority. Jesus made sure that his relationship, his prayer time with God was a priority. David made sure that his prayer time uh, with God was a priority. Did he miss the mark? Yes, because like anybody else, as I told you earlier, pride and sin and selfishness is always at the door looking for a way to get in. And when you pray, you begin to remind yourself that, I'm. you know what, I know that the enemy is coming after me, but I'm preparing myself today because I know he's coming. How many believe that nighttime's coming? How many believe that the sun's going to come up tomorrow? More than likely it will. Just like that, you can bet your dollars. Bet your, well, don't really bet your dollars, but you can really, you can, you can believe and trust that the enemy is going to come after you. The Bible says that the enemy comes to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy, and that Jesus come to give you abundant life. How do you get that abundant life? You stay in touch with God. You make sure that your priorities are aligned. It's easy. When I get tired, my wife says, she's like, you tired, aren't you? I said, oh, I ain't tired. Yes, you are. I can tell you're tired. You know, maybe I was acting or saying, maybe I was acting tired. Or but anyway, when you get tired, sometimes the enemy is looking for that opportunity to get in there. And so you have to take care of yourself in every area. You take care of yourself physically. I'm telling you, you need to take care of yourself physically. You need to take care of yourself mentally. The Bible says if you want to change, you have to be transformed in the way that you think. Scientists say that people who pray more are healthier and deal with stress better. These are real scientific examinations. Real scientific research says that people that, uh, that pray over an extended period of time, that their, their, their frontal lobe gets thicker. And it's where, you know, the control process is. It's, I mean, these are scientists. The scientists say prayer works. So if you don't believe, you know, God, believe the sign. Well, you know, all the scientist is doing is confirming what God already has said. You know, they're not learning something new. They're finding out what God has done. But it's true. It's true that when you pray, your life is better. When you pray first, you will live better. When you pray first, our relationships will be better. Let me share some things with you that scientists also say. I mean, I was amazed when I saw this. And, but this is what the scientists say. The Bible tells us this, but the scientists say prayer improves self-control. Hmm? Huh? <laughs> Where's your self-control? Well, maybe, you know, you need to spend a little more time with God. Maybe just start out with God. Pray with God throughout the day. He said, but prayer improves self-control. The Bible says that we ought to walk in the Spirit, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is temperance or self-control. And so praying will help you. If you're dealing with something, how many of you ever had those impulsive thoughts that get us all in trouble? Or impulsive actions, you buy this and you shouldn't have bought it. Oh, come on. You know you shouldn't have bought it, but you wanted it. And you got it anyway. Not that you didn't, it was a bad thing, but it was the wrong time. Or you say the wrong, an impulsive word. 
I mean, that's, that's where we get in trouble the most, you know, those impulsive words that come out. We don't give God the opportunity to, we don't run that word or run that statement or run that sentence by the Holy Ghost before we release it. And the only way you do that is you train and discipline. And I'm guarantee you, when you seek God first, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I guarantee you, you'll give the Spirit of God the opportunity to check those words before they come out. There have been many times my words have been checked, and I'm like, oh, God, thank you I didn't say that. And then there have been times when it came out, I, I said, oh, God, it's too late, I said it. Are you with me there? So now you have so and so. What am I telling you? So, so if you're having issues or challenges and impulsiveness or any area in life, you want to make sure that God begins to have the first place with you. That's your first conversation of the day. You begin talking to God. Another thing that scientists say is that prayer makes us gentler. Mm-mm. Have you ever been irritated? Have you ever been ungentle and you knew you were ungentle? But the Bible teaches that scientists say that, that when people pray, people that pray, that they tend to be a little more gentler. In other words, they have a habit of praying. They begin their life with prayer. They have a, 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 a history of prayer that they tend to be a little gentler. The Bible also says that people that pray, they tend to be the people who are more ready to do what? To forgive. Have you ever held a grudge? The Bible says people that pray tend to be the people that will forgive a lot faster. They also say that people who pray tend to develop trust better. You, you become a trusted person and you, and you find someone that you can trust. There's a trust factor there when you begin to pray, especially when you pray with someone else. You build that trust between you. God builds a trust between you and your prayer partner. Builds a trust between you and those that you pray with. But it says they tend to trust when they become people of prayer. Then there's another one that says prayer diminishes. Prayer Scientists are saying this. Prayer diminishes the negative health effects of stress. These are the scientists people. God already told us that. You know, cast your care on the Lord because he cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by praying, thanksgiving, with supplication, let your request be known on. God already told you that. I mean, that's all that stuff. All that stuff is right there in the word of God. And so you have, if you're going to reap those benefits, you have to allow God to be the first priority in your life. In Acts, the fourth chapter, I'm going to run down these real quick and we're going to let you. In Acts, the fourth chapter, after the, they had to heal the blind, heal, heal the man on the steps, they had healed the, the lame man, and the man got him and said, God, Silver and gold, I have none, but such as I have, rise up and walk, and they heal the blind, they heal the, the lame man in the Bible in the fourth chapter, the third chapter, third and fourth chapter of, uh, of Acts. And then it says that they beat him up because of what they did. They, 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 they put him in jail, and they said, hey, don't do this anymore. Don't be talking about this name of Jesus. Stop it. And so then, so the, the people, the disciples and their buddies, they got together, and they said, man, let's go pray. So they went together, and the Bible says they lifted up their voices in one accord. You want to be in one accord with what the word of God says. You want to be in one accord with what God says. And so you want to be in one accord as soon as you get up and your first your day begins, make sure that your priorities with God. You want to be in one accord with God all day long. When you begin to get in one accord with God, that's when you do what the pastor's talking about with this next series. You fall into God's favor. You get in line with God, you get in favor with God. All right? But here's some things that, that the Bible says in, in Acts the fourth chapter, the 23rd uh, through the 34th. 34th verse. 
It says that they lifted up their voice in one accord. They all got together and they lifted up their voice. It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I'm telling you, God's, when you pray, the power of God will show up and you will have an opportunity to see God shake some things. The Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were under the influence of God's Spirit. When you pray, you allow God to, have, to be the number one influencer in your life. You need to be influenced. The Bible says in Ephesians, says, uh, do not be uh, uh, drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't be under the influence of something over here. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the influence that you want to walk with every day. And the way that you become uh, influenced by the Lord, how do you stay attuned to it? How do you stay uh, conscious of it? Is that you make sure that you pray to God. You allow God to be first in your life when it comes to prayer. The Bible also said, they also said they had spiritual boldness. How many of you want to be bold and you just ain't got it sometime, but you want to do it? You know, you say, you know, I'm telling you, hang out with God. Before you know it, you'll be doing those things like, where'd that come from? It's because you begin to gain confidence in God and gain confidence in, in your relationship with him, and there will be a spiritual boldness. The Bible also says in verse 32 in the fourth chapter uh, that they, those who believe were of one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. Are you looking for unity somewhere, unity in family, unity in whatever it is? Then begin to allow God to be a part of that. Pray for us and allow God to help you to be of one heart and one soul. And then the Bible also says that, that and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, uh, op uh, witness opportunities will flow out of you and you won't be struggling with it. It'll be simple. I had a friend of mine one time, uh, he was telling me that uh, he had a person at work. They, he said, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my turkey this year. I don't have enough money, enough food. And they all, they both work at the same organization. And the other guy said, well, don't worry about it, man. You know what? I'm going to, uh, I'll take care of your family. This guy probably made more money. He don't know what he did, but then I don't know what his financial situation was. But he said, you know what, man? And the guy said, he knows that this guy knows that it will be a sacrifice for me to help him to get a turkey for his family. And that opened up the door for him to be able to talk about Christianity and Jesus. So you don't have to always try to force it in there. You know, just that simple act right there, say, hey, do you know Jesus? Well, I'm a Christian. Well, let's talk. Let's pray. It, you know, it'll just, op it'll just open up. When you pray, it will open up doors and you'll have the boldness to say what you need to say or the boldness to do what you need to do when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So there's a number of things there that you can see from Acts. The Bible also says that, that, that great grace was upon them. What's that? God's what? Fall into what? Fall into favor. God's grace was upon them. So call your friends up on the phone. Get your family members. You got a big kid. You got about five kids. Get them all in the room and pray. Come here. Come on. Let's pray. There's a, there's a prayer team right there. Just you and your wife. Pray, pray together. Uh, brothers and sisters, pray together. Best friends, pray together. Take a moment. Take some time. Get together and pray. And watch the power of God work. I guarantee you to work. You'll have the power you need. You'll have the favor you need. You have all those things that you need. The key thing is, th is this. You want to make sure that you give God the priority of prayer in your life every single day. Wake up and give God time. Wake up and talk to him. Open your eyes up and think about God. Open When your feet touch the floor, think about God. When you go in there and you look in the mirror and you see yourself, think about God. 
Give God an opportunity every day to be the first person that you talk to and begin to live your life that way. I guarantee, look, I am guarantee you. You ever had those guarantees on your money back? And the, and the first day when you get it home, you want to take your money, but you want to take it back right away? I mean, you get it, you take it home, you're like, man, this ain't working. They say, guarantee, uh-uh, I'm taking it back, get my money. Let me tell you something. You begin to put God first, it is a guarantee. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If God said he would, he will. I'm telling you. So I can say that with, with, with great confidence. That if you allow God to be the first priority in your life by talking to him in prayer, allow him to teach you, allow him to help you, I guarantee your day will be absolutely phenomenal. Will it, does that mean that you won't encounter difficulty? Does that mean that you won't encounter tribulations? You may will. But I tell you, you'll know what you'll get out of it. You'll get an opportunity to see victory. You'll say, God, man, that was tough. But you know what? I saw how you helped me get out of it. I saw myself walk through it. I saw myself deal with the bully at work or deal with the bully at school, or whatever the case is. God, I saw how you helped me and how you blessed me. God, I saw how I was about to argue with my spouse, but then you sh just as I was getting ready to release those words, you said, hold up, bro. Hold up, sis. Say it like this. Say it like that. And he reheated, or he may tell you, don't say nothing. <laughs> Keep your mouth closed. All right? But God will bless you. But you got to give God the opportunity to start with you in the mornings or whenever you get up or whenever you begin your day. Take some time. Get along with God. And I guarantee you, God will bless you and help you. And he will heal your land. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. As most of you know right now that we're, our country is in, in division. Amen? Amen? We're divided over a lot of things. Divided over politics. and Divided over race. and Divided over beliefs. Just divided. But I believe as they prayed in the book of Acts that there was a unity after they prayed. In the book of Solomon where 2 Chronicles is... is, uh, is, is uh, 7 and 14 is, is presented. There's something pretty unique about those verses. Those verses come after Solomon had just dedicated the new temple that they had built for God. They had just, I mean, it was, it, they had just finished building the, the temple. And after they built the temple, the Bible said they had seven, a seven-day party. Seven days. And God says, I accept this place. I receive this temple. This is where my sacrifices are going to be done. This is where my eyes are going to be looking. I'm, this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be. This is my temple that you have built for me. How many know this morning that you are the temple of God? You are the place inside you. This is where the praises go forth. This is where the sacrifices happen. They, in, in, on your altar, the altar of your temple. And God is looking. And he's wanting to be there. He's want a place in your temple. Bow your heads. God, we want to give anyone today the opportunity to open up their heart and allow the Spirit of God to allow Jesus to come into their heart. The Bible teaches us that all of us have come short of the glory of God.
that there's not one of us in here that has not missed the mark. Or maybe there's not one of us in here that maybe there's someone in that hasn't accepted Jesus. And the Bible says the wages of the sin is death. And we don't want to go that way. We want to spend our eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to spend eternity somewhere else without God, a place without God. We want to spend it. And so the only way that you can do that is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus died on the cross for us. That if we believe in him, that our sins will be forgiven and we will become what? His people. If my, we will be what? My people. So if we can be my people today, we can call on the name of Jesus and we can be assured that we will be saved. And so if you haven't done that, I'm going to ask you right now, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to be right with God, then I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. Amen. 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 All right, you can be seated. All right, well, hey, don't forget, Pastor Ray will be back next week. The professor, amen, the bishop of bishops, we like to tease him, but he's a great communicator. And he'll be back next week, and he'll be preaching on the favor of God. Now, did y'all receive uh, any prayer card, prayer request cards when you came in? I think there's a board, isn't that right? Then there's a board downstairs somewhere. What you can do is fill out your prayer requests, and then when you're leaving today, put that prayer request, pin it on the board. The ushers or the greeters will show you where that board is. And we're going to be praying and believing God for the great miracles that happen. We're going to believe that when we pray together that we're going to see God. We're going to humble ourselves today. We're going to humble ourselves this week. We're going to seek God's face. We're going to turn from our wicked ways. And we're going to believe that we're going to see the healing in our land. Not so much just in the land where we live in our community, but in every area of our life, in our financial land, in our relationship land. And wherever our land is, we're going to believe that we're going to see healing come forth. And so we want you to believe with us. And so fill out that prayer request. Put it on the board. And I guarantee you we're going to hear some testimonies because God's word works. Amen. Amen. All right. Well. Guess we're done. Thank you so much. Remember, the last word I want to tell you is to make sure that you make prayer a priority in your life, that you wake up and you meet God first. Amen? Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Remember to stay connected with us on our website, weareconverge.com, or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at weareconverge. You can also partner with us financially by giving safely and securely online at weareconverge.com backslash give. Thank you and God bless.